Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright in the new year. Oh, this, man, this episode's going to make me hungry. Wow, Season 26, sure. starting 26 with a with a hungry episode. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I, where did this, we're talking about meal planning, ADHD meal planning. Right. How did this come about? today why how were you inspired you know it came from a couple of different places one is the timing right i just think that like in the start of the new year i mean we don't really do resolution or yeah resolutions right yeah. i don't even remember yeah. the word that's why i don't do that right. right um but after for me personally after listening to the uh founder um, of YNAB, it got me yeah. thinking about financials and, and money and how meal planning kind of fits into that. And I got to tell you, the other thing that inspired this is we had done a show last in the last part of last year and meal planning came up, but, but we didn't really talk much more about it just being, I mean, it was really just that it was a good thing to do, but we really didn't talk a lot about how to do it or how to make it ADHD friendly. So that also yeah. brought the the topic up to uh, be discussed. Well, I think it is uh, very timely and we have some, I, I think both of us have tools that we are pretty zealous about yeah. to recommend. Yeah, which I'm is excited great. About it. Yeah. Before we dig in, before we tuck in... Uh, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we will send you an email with a new episode each week. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at TakeControlADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in the ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump in the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, and you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and login. If you're looking for a little more, Particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you to understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. I will tell you one of the benefits of uh, Patreon membership, I just this morning, like sweat prepping for meal planning because just this morning I recorded a new episode of Placeholder, which is all about reading technology and oh, uh, the tools I use to read and track my reading. And I'm very excited about it. And that should post as we're recording this, it should post hopefully later today. So we'll get back on back on track for Placeholder. So I'm very excited about the new year for all of the stuff we're doing for Patreon. Thank you, everybody who is already a supporter. And if you're just considering, you can jump in and get access to all the cool goodies and secret channels in Discord and special member-only podcasts and editions of this show, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Okay, meal planning. Nikki. Meal planning. Yes, it's time. It's time. Yeah. All right. So it's interesting because one of the uh, things that inspired me to, to do this as well is I was looking at our meal planning guide that we sure. give out as a giveaway, right? As it's a download that you can get on our website. 
And it's a little outdated, Pete. It's a little outdated. How is it? What What is outdated <laughs> about it? Because I have, I'm of two minds on it. I know, I am too. It's outdated in the sense that when I think about what would I, if I'm working with a client one-on-one, how would I advise them? How would I like work with them on meal planning? And a lot of the, a lot of the material in the guide still stands true. Absolutely. Okay. The, the piece that doesn't stand true is that I wouldn't, my first recommendation is to find an app. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be to <laughs> right. do things not, on written. It's not on paper anymore. Yeah. That's that was the biggest thing, really, that was like, huh, do we really need this? Because this is not what I would advise my ADHD client to do. So that's yeah. that's where the conflict was. And so we are, Melissa and I and Pete are um, definitely updating that. And it was perfect timing to do this show and then update that download. And everybody will have access to that new download. Uh, Does the download the just show... say ADHD meal planning, get an app? Like, is that the, I can't, I don't <laughs> no, know what are the no, changes no, no, that we no. made. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this, this show won't be just that either, <laughs> because there is definitely, uh, you know, ADHD meal planning is difficult because it's planning. Yeah. You know, whether you're meal planning or you're planning your day, it's not easy planning your week. It's not easy. So, right. uh, I want to talk about some of those things, but But first of all, I want to talk about just what is meal planning and give you the essence of what we're trying to do and what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, really, if we keep it simplified, it's making a decision on what meals you're going to make during a specific period of time. So you can decide if that's going to be one week, if that's going to be just tonight, or, you know, if you are really inspired, maybe you do a whole month's view. I don't know. Um, but it's you are basically deciding what your meals are going to be in this specific time. And you're taking an inventory of what you have in your pantry, your refrigerator. You're making a grocery list of the items that you need to get. You go to the grocery store. You unload those groceries and you make the meals. That's what we're looking for, right? Right, right. The benefits to meal planning uh, really come down for for me and and what I hear from other people are three things. One is time, the other is money, and it reduces anxiety. The time factor is big because it saves time from wandering around the grocery store trying to figure out what you want to eat and what you need and you know, looking up on your phone, I've done this before, totally guilty, looking up a recipe on my phone, trying to remember what's in it. You know, it's time consuming if you don't have a plan, you know, before you go to the grocery store. Uh, And it's also saves time from having to go to the store for extra ingredients. So if you've already planned, you don't go home and then forget something, right? Because you've had it on the list. So you're saving some time there. Money has been a huge factor for our family because when we don't meal plan, we eat out. Like there is no in between. Yeah. Right? For sure. Um, And so we spend, you know, we'll, we'll spend a lot of money eating out if we don't have a a meal that we know we're going to have or the ingredients. And then having a plan actually helps us stay within our food budget because the groceries that we're buying are are very intentional and they're not like hopeful wishes that we might have asparagus this week. (laughs) And then the asparagus, you know, then the asparagus goes bad because we didn't really have anything planned to eat it with. And I don't know many people who just eat asparagus on its own. So, you know, we've got 
<laughs> we've got these issues. But the biggest thing for me is, is uh, and what I hear from my clients, is that it reduces that anxiety of it's around four or five o'clock p.m. I've had a long day, hard day, and I have no idea what we're going to have for dinner. I don't know what we have even to make. This is just a, a it's just not a good place to be. Right. Lots of anxiety. And then again, from my experience, then we go to takeout. Yeah. Or like, you are know. you a, are you a DoorDash? Uh, family? Oh, we are. Yeah. And like it's prime member so expensive. Yes. But we still and do it. it. Yeah. It, like when you break the seal, uh, once you break the seal on DoorDash, like the pandemic was so like once you know how easy it is and how capable you are like of doing it man, it can get out of control fast. It can get out of control so fast. Well, and I think COVID changed a lot. When, yeah. when you know, when you think about meal planning, I think a lot of a lot of things changed for me after COVID um, because of the convenience, you know, because yeah. of DoorDash and because you can do grocery shopping online and, you know, you can get them delivered or just sit in your car and have them like be delivered to your trunk. I mean, there's a lot of things and we'll talk about that a little bit later, yeah, but sure. uh, I, I definitely think that that, that made a difference. One of the things I want to point out too, is why meal planning is difficult for, for ADHD or specifically. And as I mentioned before, it's like with any kind of planning, you, we need our executive functions to be in working order to plan. And so executive functions are the group of complex mental processes and cognitive abilities such as working memory, impulse inhibition, and reasoning that control the skills such as organizing tasks, remembering details, managing time and solving problems required for goal-directed behavior. So when you really break all of that down, meal planning has so many steps to it that requires you to remember things, to plan them, to get started on them, to organize them, and to also implement. So it isn't surprising that this is a difficult thing to do. The other factor that I think that we don't take into account is we don't necessarily see meal planning as an actual type of organizing system. Mm -hmm. And it is. Yeah, so for sure. If, yeah, and if you well, and, don't and for sure, have... and once you start seeing the tools that are in place for people who've thought deeply about this, whether it's our old meal planning workshop, or you realize all the things that you're probably missing in thinking about your meal planning, that it takes time, that it's work, yeah. and that it involves probably more than just you. Right, exactly. Uh, and when you don't have even a getting started place to go, it gets overwhelming. So why even do it? I'm just going to go back to the grocery store and wing it, right? So it is a system. And and we talk a lot about systems in, in this show. And, you know, what this means in regards to meal planning is it means that you have a routine in place. You have some set of actions that you do every time you sit down to meal plan. Mm -hmm. So in review, what are those steps? You have to make some decisions on what you want to eat uh, and what your family wants to eat. If you live with more than, you know, yourself, you have to take an inventory of what you have and what groceries to buy. You have to make that list. You have to go to the store. Again, you have to unload those groceries and then you have to make the meals. So this varies from person to person on how you're going to make this system work and where we started with this conversation is that you have a couple of different ways to do this. You have this digital option or you have this like 
you know, old school kind of paper option, which is totally fine. Cause I know a lot of people that still do this and it's, and I don't want to, to say that you have to go with an app and, you know, Pete and I use two different apps. There's a lot of different options out there. Um, but the point is you do need to have an idea of what your system is. You have to have it in something or it can be a combination of both too. And I'll talk about mm -hmm. that in a minute. Sure. Um, but the digital apps, you know, there's a lot of pros on them because they make everything so automated. And Pete, do you, you use an app called Mela? Yeah. M-E-L-A. M-E-L-A. Mm -hmm. And I just started using um, Plan to Eat and I was using Paprika before that. Mm -hmm. um, what what made so, you switch from paprika to to plan to eat? I wanted something new. <laughs> <laughs> I because that honestly, it, yeah, honestly, the the two do really almost identically the same thing, but it just mm -hmm. looks different. And mm -hmm. um, there was somebody in GPS, one of the members who recommended it, and I thought, you know, I'm going to check it out. And I checked it out, and I really liked the platform, and I really just liked it. And I kind of wanted to start over a little bit because Paprika got really. Um, I was putting recipes in there that I hadn't made, and mm -hmm. so there was when I would go in there to look for food to to make it mm -hmm. wasn't really didn't represent real, your library yeah it didn't represent my real dinners and so mm -hmm. i thought this is a good time to to start over um declare now, re recipe bankruptcy yeah it really is pete honestly yeah. and it was the new year and you know something that uh you were talking about before we uh started the show you were really proud of yourself for doing like all of these handy things around the house over the break yeah. right and uh, not dying <laughs> That's the important yes, part. And I, there were dying. no hospitalizations. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I did sort of accidentally, but that I'm really proud of, is I was so inspired by our conversation with YNAB. I'm like, I got to get back into that. Thank God for their fresh start, because yeah. that is a beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> so I logged in and I did a fresh start. Uh, with my business account and with my personal account, and I got all that set up, feeling great. Then my husband tells me about this coupon um, app that runs in the background called Honey. Mm -hmm. We should and, talk about that. Yep, we'll talk about that. So I put that in there, and um, and then I found Plan to Eat, and I'm like, okay, I'm on a good roll. Like yeah. I'm feeling like I'm budgety and I'm saving money. I'm going to set this up, and I did online. I went online and did the grocery shopping, and I saved thirty dollars. <laughs> by using the Honey app. That's awesome. And that's awesome. I honestly, you guys, I don't know if that's common <laughs> or if it was just like this fluky thing, but like that blew me away. So yeah. I felt like one of the things I was really proud of is I just felt like, you know, wow, I've, I'm, I'm feeling good about the financial stuff and meal planning yeah. is definitely part of it because you can just save so much money um, by, by doing that. Uh, so but going uh, back to the apps, yeah, 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 sure. How do you do? You want to walk through those apps uh, uh, before? I, like, I want to talk about Honey in particular because it's uh, because there are questions about Honey that I yeah. want to make sure we I do my best to disabuse. Um, okay, I uh, always because so Honey is a browser extension that you mm -hmm. install in your web browser, and it's always when you go to a shopping site, it's always out there. 
looking for deals for you, for coupons that are floating around the internet that you can clip and apply to the, to the purchase you're about to make. So if there's a rogue coupon, it'll find it and you can use it and save, save a few bucks. Browser extension, the, the concern normally with these kinds of browser extensions is that, that they are user identifiable. And so they're tracking you and your behavior online from site to site. They're, they're connect, making connections about you. That's what people have so much trouble about with, with digital advertising. Like they know too much about my, my footprint on the internet. They're making assumptions about who I am based on what I do. And so privacy advocates generally say, this is not a good thing. I will say Honey was purchased by uh, PayPal uh, some years ago for uh, it, enough money to make it interesting. And <laughs> PayPal is a good company for this kind of, of behavior. So in doing some research, I'm, if anybody has found anything super concerning about Honey, I would love to know because in my research, Honey's biggest problem is that because it's constantly running in the background searching other websites for deals, it's building up a fairly significant cache in your browser, which can make things slow down, mm. right? So if your browser starts performing poorly, it might be because Honey is making it, is, is like a huge weight on it that's constantly mm. slowing it down. So my recommendation there is if you're using Honey, maybe use a different browser with Honey than your main browser. Like if you use yeah. Chrome day-to-day, -day, use Safari or Firefox for your Honey shopping, and then you probably won't see those problems. If you're So provided you're okay giving up your personal like behavior, links directly to your identity and payment information, Honey doesn't appear to be a terribly egregious app any more than, you know, shopping on Amazon or United Airlines or any right. place else is. But it is a system hog. So on slower machines, it can give you trouble. That's, that's good to know. That's what I have found out about Honey. It seems okay to save you some bucks. And in your yeah. case, it, you know, use that money and put it toward a faster computer and you're okay. Right, right. Well, and it's so interesting because when because my husband does a lot of these things, right? Where he yeah. has a lot of these like flippers and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he subscribes to all of these emails that have ways to save money. And I just sort of did it just sort of to like appease him. Like, okay, sure, I'll put it on there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but man, I was surprised. I was like pleasantly surprised when I saved that much on a, yeah. on a grocery bill. So uh, I'm glad difference. that you bring all of that up because it's important. I don't know if that's usual. Honestly, it could have been just a fluky thing. Um, but it felt good at the time. I will tell you that. Yeah, um, nice. I think that when we were talking about the digital options and why I felt like our, our first guide was a little bit outdated it is really just because there's just, again, it's the automation. It just makes things so easy to collect the recipes. You can organize them in different ways. A lot of these different apps will have like a meal plan calendar so you can mm -hmm. see uh, visually what you're planning, which is just a nice perk. And it creates the shopping list for you. You don't have to do that. Um, so there's just a lot of options there that I think um, make it really easy. But like anything, you have to maintain it and you have to make mm -hmm. it a habit and you have to use it. Yeah. Um, right. What do you want to add, Pete? About Well, I, I about just want to add one about uh, one thing about Mela 
which is mm-hmm. which has very many uh, like it's very similar to to Plant Eat in a number of ways. The, Mela exists on your local computer. Uh, it is uh, iOS and Apple. Sorry, um, Mac, iOS, iPad OS, um, and uh, but. Uh, it where plan to eat exists in the cloud. So you access it through a web browser. It's syncing stuff to the cloud between your apps and, and such. So that's one fundamental difference. For me, all mm-hmm. of my data exists and is synced through, you know, my iCloud account, but it lives on my computer uh, mm-hmm. first. So it does all the things you talked about. So I add recipes. I can, it has a, you know, it, it tells me which recipes I've cooked most recently. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can add a, it recipes to want to cook, favorites. I can categorize them. Right. It's all great. It has the calendar. It has the grocery list. The calendar is linked to your primary system, Google Calendar, Apple Calendar, whatever you use. And your groceries go into your reminders list. It's It's super easy to use. But there is something that sets it apart for me mm-hmm. and why I use it. First, syncing between me and other members of my household is brainless. And there are so many of these apps that are terrible at it. And mm. and it doesn't like we don't use an app if it can't sync between our devices because it's useless for us. It's just useless. Might as well use this cookbook and a web page. So right. this has this has been a game changer in Mela. The second game changer in Mela is the way we can explore new recipes. We have some websites that we love, some food blogs that we love, and they often post recipes in their blog posts. The engine in Mela for parsing out what is a blog post and what is a recipe is the best I've ever seen. I can go into Mela and I have a library of websites that I have put in there, like Nom Nom Paleo, for example. She writes incredible blog posts that are have wonderful photography and flowery language and these, you know, she's got 2,000 words of why I love to cook brisket. And then at the very <laughs> bottom, it, it says, here's the little recipe. That's all I want, right? When right, I'm cooking, right. I don't want the pros. I just want the recipe. So I put the entire website into my feeds list in Mela, and it parses out just the recipes and shows me a list of all of the recipes with their primary hero photo. I can go in and browse them if I'm just looking for something. And if I like it, I can just drag it over to my library and schedule it for when I want to make it. And it doesn't have any of the language, any of the stuff. It's just the brief introduction, the instructions, the ingredients, and the source where I got it. Prep time, Mm -hmm. how many people it'll feed. I mean, it's just perfect. The person who, who developed this app is an RSS developer. So he's he has he cut his teeth on making the most popular RSS RSS app on iOS and Mac, uh, feed, Feeder. And so mm-hmm. Mela is his entry. He already knows how to handle text and make it look beautiful. And mm-hmm. I just I love it. I love it, love it, love mm-hmm. it, love it. Uh, and it's I don't think it's a subscription app. It's just a pay once and you mm-hmm. own it for iOS and Mac. So that's my I'm yeah. singing the praises of the technology behind Mela because it's so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that for anyone that's looking for uh, an app, definitely do your research and look at what resonates with you, what kind of, you know, what you like, what you're looking for, what you need. There's a lot of them out there. Um, I would, you know, make a decision, check it out, try it. If you don't like it, move on. Like you don't want to sit in this rabbit hole of, of, uh, indecision. So I definitely recommend, you know, trying it and, and seeing what you think. Um, you know, the paper option is still 
very popular and still very much there if you don't want to use technology. The the point though, I think to make meal planning easier if you're using a pen and paper and making a list is just to to make sure that the menu is that you have a list, and this is what I'm going to talk about when you're you're starting a new system, is making some kind of list of your favorite meals and recipes to look at, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really important. I think that one of the things that we get stuck on when we're meal planning is that if you don't have something to refer back to, it's hard to remember what you like or what you want. And if you're not hungry, it really is hard to decide what you want. Um, and so that's where I would say with any kind of system that you're building, um, start with making a list of your favorite meals and recipes. Um, for me, because I started over this this year with a new one, I'm just entering a few of our favorites and then I'm adding I'm adding to it as I make meals. So it's not something that I feel like I have to set up completely all at once. So that's the one thing I would say is if you're starting a new system, do it slow. You know, you don't have to put everything in there because it is time. I mean, it's going to be time consuming and it takes time to build it up as a full library. Um, And if you're going to go paper, I would just say, hey, have a list somewhere where you can just refer back to and say, okay, here are our favorite meals. Here are the things that are easy, you know, whatever that might be. Um, Anything you want to add? Yeah, this is the value of like, you know, uh, uh, grandma's cookbook, right? Grandma's cookbook. The thing that made grandma's cookbook great was not just that it was a book full of recipes, but it was that she was rigorous about the index of the recipes in the front. She had several pages in the front. Every recipe she added, it was always alphabetical order, never by meal type because she ate weird things at weird times of days. But at the end, she would, or at the beginning, there was an index. So she could scan the recipes very, very quickly. And because she'd made everything that ever got, like that was the criteria. You have to make it before it earns its place in the book. She mm-hmm. knew what those recipes were. That index proved to be a, a significant reminder of the mm-hmm. of of what she wanted. I think that's really important for meal planning is just being able to scan and say what strikes me as something I'd like to make this right. week whether you're using it What's on something we haven't had paper. in a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, whether it's yeah. digital or paper. And the other thing I was going to add <clears throat> before I jumped into this and I apologize, but the combination of both. I mean, you know, one of the things I I have a lot of cookbooks and I don't want to get rid of my cookbooks. So, I also don't want to spend the time putting a recipe in a cookbook or in my plan to eat if I already have it in a cookbook that mm-hmm. I know where to find it. So what I did is <clears throat> I would put down the recipe, but then in directions, I would say it's in what cookbook. And then I'm just yeah. going to go to the cookbook. <laughs> yeah. So, but the the good thing about it is it still keeps me, it keeps that meal in front of me, but you know, I still get to keep the cookbook and it's still using both. So that was one thing I was going to add. And I, I yeah. did not do that. Um, you know, I think the other piece, again, that we've talked a little bit about is this routine. We have to keep practicing this routine of meal planning on a regular, you know, scheduled <clears throat> time. And, uh, preferably you want it to be the same day of the week if you can. Um, what we recommend in the guide is that you do meal planning either once or twice a week. There's pros for both. Um, once a week, you're basically sitting down and saying, okay, you're planning for the next five to seven meals, assuming that some of those meals are going to be takeout or uh, leftovers. Uh, and then one, um, one of the ideas that came from a, a client of mine a long, long time ago 
was once a week was too overwhelming to try to to think of five to seven meals. Mm-hmm. So she actually broke it down to doing it twice a week where she would plan for the first half of the week, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then she would know that Wednesday she had leftovers. And then she would plan for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But one of those nights were usually out to eat. So she really only needed to do two more meals at the end of the week. That breaking it up for her felt better. It it felt less overwhelming, and uh, and she was able to do that. So those are the two two kind of um, ways that we recommend. But again, you may have a weird schedule. Maybe you can't do it on a Sunday. Uh, maybe your days off are Wednesday and Thursday. So you right. have to kind of figure out what works best for you. It also makes a difference if you're doing it by yourself or if you're doing it with your partner or with roommates. You know, um, there's a lot of of, uh, community uh, or houses where you might live with a community of people, right? I can't remember what they're called. Um, Yeah, like a hostel. Or yeah, kind of thing. Commu- well, not a commune, cult? but yeah. I think a cult village or, yeah, no. It's not a cult village. <laughs> it's a community. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't know. But anyway, they all make meals together, right? So yeah. they all share their meals and everything. Communal living, yeah. Yeah, yeah, meal living. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but if you're doing it with other people, that can obviously make a, a difference yeah. of when you do it. Uh, I have some just basic kind of like tips. Um, to throw out there for people that I've seen ha- that have worked uh, for myself and and for clients that I've worked with, because this actually comes up quite a bit uh, in sessions. When you're planning your meals, check your schedule. So look at the week and see what uh, are your busy days, because we want to make sure that those days, the meals are really easy to prepare. Also think about crock, uh, the uh, crock pot. Because oh, if you have a really busy pot, day, instant pot, yeah, yeah, you can really like start to, you know, you can make in the crock pot, not so much the instant pot because that's instant, but you can make the meal in the morning and then it will be ready, you know, for you in the evening. But oh, but, but you can use the instant pot as a crock pot. I guess you can too. You yeah, can absolutely that's true. can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's the other thing I was going to say is invest in some of these appliances like instant pot, air fryers. We use our air fryer all the time. Uh, in fact, it yeah, sits we out on yet. our. Yeah, I, I think part of it is because my daughter uses it a lot. So it's just out. Right. But crock pots, um, you know, the different blenders, all of those things that that are going to make your life easier, you know, invest in that because especially Instant Pot and the air fryers have kind of been a life changer for us on how quick yeah. we can make make meals. But definitely shop your freezer, your pantry when you're making your decisions. That will definitely help with um, not wasting food. And I always think too about like, what is a meal that we can have that will have leftovers? Mm-hmm. And so then now this one meal turns into two and that's always a win-win. And the two meals that that jumped at me uh, when I was writing the outline was uh, when I make a pot roast, we always have French dip sandwiches mm-hmm. the next day. So um, and that's something that I got from my mom. Um, and then if we have ham, we almost always have like some kind of breakfast omelet for dinner the de- the next night. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of nice to have those two meals. Well, I think those anchors are really important. Like for us, you know, for, for many years when my kids were younger, um, Friday night was movie night and it was all movie night meant pizza night. So we I made our own pizzas. I remember that about you. Yeah. Yeah. But and so everybody had their own personal pizza, but we made the, you know, we would get the dough and 
then we would, you know, make our own toppings and everybody had exactly what they wanted. And it was easy to predict how long it would take to cook. And it was just we knew pizza was coming. So we never had to argue about that. And then Sunday night was yum night. Now, those who are in Oregon, Pacific wow. Northwest, might have heard of Cafe Yum. They make kind of a unique rice bowl kind of a thing. And their signature sauce is yum sauce. We love yums. And so we would make yums at our house every Sunday night for 15 years. And those having anchor meals in our week means that Sunday afternoon when we're planning our our grocery trip for the week, we are only planning Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And we have essentially two days that are free because we already know what we're going to buy for those. Like we don't have to, to negotiate or argue or, you know, when you're talking about, you know, meal planning with with other people it sure makes it easier to well, at least have some staples it, yes and i know like for the longest time especially when my kids were younger and they actually ate with us now they don't because they're young adults but uh th- we would have breakfast for dinner almost at least once a night we would have breakfast for dinner and it was so easy and everybody liked it and it was one of those staple dinners that was just easy to to have i i know people will do that with tacos like taco tuesday or they'll um have some kind of you know, ritual around that. And that can definitely make things easier. Uh, especially if you don't really like, we don't really care about having a lot of variety. So we're okay Mm -hmm. with having tacos once a week and, you know, having this stuff, but, um, definitely get your family involved when they were younger too, we would have each member of our family decide on a meal. So that made less decision-making for me. Yeah. So that was also making it a lot easier is, you know, and if the kids, you know, if your kids are young and they want grilled cheese, then great. Have grilled cheese and and soup. I mean, you know, nothing has to be fancy, yeah. uh, but it does help to have um, have them decide at least one meal. And then, of course, we've already talked about the coupons um, that you can look at if you're looking to save money at the grocery store. A couple of things that happened with me personally post-COVID that really changed the way that I think of meal planning and just meal prepping in general. Uh, the first one was all of the meal delivery services. Uh, now, I know that that was probably happening a lot before COVID, um, but it seemed for, in our house anyway, that was when we really started to use uh, a company called HelloFresh. And we would sign up for two meals a week. And so that automatically solved the problem of having two meals that were already, you know, ready because they give you the ingredients. You just have to cook it. So then I was only looking to having to plan like three meals that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also I mean, it's it's more expensive to probably do it that way if you're breaking down, like if you went to the store and bought the same ingredients, but the convenience level was definitely very nice and having the, the, um, I don't know, just having it ready to go. I know that a lot of people will do this with families, but a lot of single people will do this too, because it's a little easier, you know, to have the meals for two people and then have some leftovers if you're uh, living by yourself. So that was a game changer. I mean, I definitely think that's something to look into if, if you are uh, looking to make meal planning a little bit easier and then online grocery shopping. I mean, that changed my world. Yeah. I never considered to do online grocery shopping before COVID never even thought about it. Well, and so now you do online grocery, but you go pick it up or do you have it delivered? I don't have it delivered. I have uh, my husband go pick it up. (laughs) 
Oh, really change your book. And, yeah. yeah. And he, so I will go online and I will do it all. And that's one of the things that I was so happy about at the beginning of this year is that it really does save you money from buying extra stuff because you're only buying what you need for your recipes and whatever extras, right? Like milk or eggs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was a game changer because yeah, I could go in, do it online. And then uh, my husband would go pick it up and he doesn't have to go in the store because at Albertsons, they just have these like saved parking spots for people who are picking up their groceries. Mm -hmm. And then the clerk comes out and puts it in your trunk and you come home. And I don't like grocery shopping. It's one of the things that I just don't like to do. I avoid it and I I wait to do it the very last minute uh, until I absolutely have to. And so this was a game changer for me to be able to do that and um, save a lot of time. That's awesome. I, 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 with you, I hate it. I wish my, my wife loves grocery shopping. She loves the whole experience. (laughs) I know. I know. We did all all the online grocery shopping, um, but uh, during the pandemic and picking it up and stuff, but she, she relishes her afternoon, Sunday afternoons, wandering through multiple grocery stores. Yeah. That's why I do all the laundry in the house. So there you go. We trade off. (laughs) Uh, One more thing on Mela, just because you mentioned it that I forgot I I didn't say. It has a wonderful photo to optical character recognition tool. So if you have a cookbook recipe, you're at somebody's house and you're like, oh, that's a great recipe in that book, but I don't have that book. You can take a picture of it and it will will find all the text and the ingredients and everything and put it in in your Mela. Oh, that's great. And it looks like a Mela card. Uh, and when you yeah. share a recipe, like if you have a PD, it shares it to a PDF that you can send and it's perfectly formatted and beautiful. Wow. So that's, that's one of the impressive. other things I love. I love about Mela. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so impressive. anyhow, that's uh, that's some ADHD meal planning. Think about yeah. your system. Think of it as a system. And then uh, let's let's get eating. Thank you, that's everybody, right. for <laughs> for hanging out. This is our first episode of season 26, 26 of this fair show. We appreciate you downloading and listening. Uh, and Happy New Year. Thank you all for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right over there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Food Everywhere, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.